The following podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and the possible destruction of society as we know it. That's great, it starts with an earthquake, birds and snakes and air- I'm speaking to you at what I know is an increasingly challenging time. A time of disruption in the life of our country. A disruption that has brought grief to some, financial difficulties to many, and enormous changes to the daily lives of us all. I'm, I'm doing well. The beast comes at night. You know, as we know, the healthcare workers uh, have taken a calling the virus the beast. Now, President Trump has warned people in the United States to be prepared for a big increase in coronavirus-related deaths. New York State has suffered its biggest one-day rise in the number of deaths so far, 630 people. There have been more than 300,000 cases and 8,000 deaths in the U.S. in total, with New York accounting for more than 3,500 fatalities. Central Park Field Hospital awaits the ill. Overflow from New York hospitals which have run out of space. While we have faced challenges before, this one is different. This time we join with all nations across the globe in a common endeavour, using the great advances of science and our instinctive compassion to heal. Coronavirus cases have dropped for a third straight day in Victoria, leaving the Chief Health Officer cautiously optimistic of defeating the virus. You suffer uh, when you have this at home unless you are ridiculously lucky statistically and maybe karmically as well. I can't tell you how many stories I've had of people who have had a one, over 100, 102 fever for 8, 10, 12 days. Paramedics are in a constant rush to transfer sick patients from home to hospitals which are struggling to cope. We're not yet at the apex. Uh, part of me would like to be at the apex and just let's do it. Uh, But there's part of me that says it's good that we're not at the apex because we're not yet ready for the apex either. For the first time in weeks, the Premier arrived with good news. The curve is flattening in Victoria. There are now 1,135 total cases with just 20 new infections overnight, the lowest in 19 days. And though self-isolating may at times be hard, it presents an opportunity to slow down, pause and reflect in prayer or meditation. We will succeed and that success will belong to every one of us. Hello and welcome to the ISOcast, an advice podcast for the isolation era. I'm your host, Patrick Cullen. Well, we got good news and bad news, folks. Some good news. If you're living in Australia, social distancing and isolating seems to be bloody working. The curve's beginning to flatten and deaths and admissions are stabilising and in some states, dropping. The bad news is if you're in the States or the UK or many, many, many other places around the world, shit's about to get real particularly in America, where even the Donald is saying that this week coming is going to be bad. Real bad. I'm sorry, folks. I mean, all we can do from here is batten down those hatches, whack in your headphones, put on a really 
nice pot of tea and grab a book. Let's get through this thing together, huh? In that effort, today's guest is Nathan Hitchens. How to describe Nathan? I think everybody has someone in their life, a friend or a family member, who's just really bloody important for who you are and how you've blossomed into this beautiful flower of a human you've undoubtedly become. Nathan is that for me. We went to uni in Perth together. We lived together for a couple of years. And when I went through a brutal breakup, he was right there for me. He even called in sick to take care of me. He's the best. He's also the most subversive, dark, hilarious, insightful, and intelligent bastard I know. Here's my chat with him from earlier today. Hey man, how you doing? I'm alright bro, what's going on? Ah, oh, not much, just you know, calling you for the pod, talking some shit. Sweet, sweet. <laughs> thanks for um, thanks for thinking that I've got a voice in this man, it's like the only person that uh, isn't an actor or a content creator or a fucking comedian, I, I hope I'm a bit funny. Nathan- don't get too bogged down in the drought, so I'm- <laughs> I think you're very funny, Nate, and I'm also just, I just enjoy your opinions about shit. Like, at least, what's great about you, mate, is that you do have opinions about things you might not afraid to express them, you know? There's so many problems with people in the world. <laughs> I, I do understand what you're trying to say, and I, yeah, appreciate that. How you doing, man? How was your day? Uh, oh, man, days are just a bit stressful at the moment, really, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, fuck, it's you're not just, wrong. It's- just a bit of a slog to get through them um but you know i'm i'm here i'm in perth it's is it three o'clock now two thirty, somewhere around that time yeah. so i think i'm calling it quits for the day um well pal we might jump straight into the first segment of the show which is of course existential dread um <laughs> to do that to do that we've got to sing the theme tune nate so i wonder if you wouldn't mind singing with me um my part goes existential dread. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you went down an octave. Was that my influence at all there? Yeah, or? It, it is. <laughs> it 100 percent is. Because I uh, I hear your your beautiful baritone, and all I want to do is just uh, get down just in the cellar, get, baby. You want to get down low with me? That's I just want to get down happen. low with you. And I'm not the first, mate. <laughs> I'm not the first. And I will not be the last. You know. Sweet. Yeah, man. Let's do it. Okay. All right. So we'll go on. We'll go on three. All right. Uh, one, two, three. Existential dread. Oh, fucking <laughs> hell! So much power, Nathaniel. So much power there in your in your voice yeah. and in your body. Yeah, it, I'm I'm strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Um, yeah. how is your existential dread, pal? What would you give it out of ten? Uh, man, it's it's pretty fucking high at the moment. To be uh, to be frank, it's uh, it, it's up there in the realms of nine. <sighs> um, it's yeah, it's not great. Uh, I'm not <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing very well. I'm kind of losing my little mind quite a lot of the time. Um, oh, no, I, I think that sorry, dude. It's it's all right. You, you know, like I, I think kind of anybody who lived through the nineties and um, you know. Like knows the chord progression of Wonderwall. Like we're all just feeling a little bit anxious about shit most of the time. Um, our dreams haven't exactly come true, um, and this is just a little bit on top of that. So yeah, 
Yeah, and I think it's the knowing the chord progression of Wonderwall. It's a really key point there. I think like once you understand those those chords, you immediately get a big insight into into what the failed dreams of capitalism really are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, let's talk about that because they really, really fucking failed on us. Um, and you know, we failed on ourselves, which is just which is just really sad. But look, I, I think that you, what you've been saying in the past couple of weeks has been really important. It's about mitigating it. It's about finding out exactly what's making you anxious, finding ways either through it or around it. Um, and I know when you're in the midst of it, it's really difficult to fucking deal with, but, um, but we've just got to keep on kicking and, and finding, ways to, finding ways to understand it and move on. You know what's um, quite funny? I've just finished doing the intro for this episode. Um, and you'll be pleased to know that you're coming into this episode with REMs. This is the end of the world as we know it. Um, oh, cool, cool. <laughs> I thought you'd be into that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to suggest that you did The Only Living Boy in New York by um, Simon and Garfunkel. Fuck, um, no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. I mean, that's dark, dude. It's <laughs> fucking dark as hell. Well, yeah, but I've actually been learning that on, um, on guitar lately, <laughs> so that's, that's how dark I've been going. Well, it's... it's it's probably better than, than, you know, learning Wonderwall at this stage. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I already know that. It's embedded in my soul. Oh, it's, isn't it embedded in all of us? But I, I guess what I was trying to say is that the Queen gave a speech yesterday. Um, was mm, yesterday I did hear about that. Yeah. Mm. And she was quite wonderful about it. I've included some grabs of it in this episode, just being like, even the Queen's, in her very queenly way, sitting there going, well, this is fucked, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and they're in trouble as well. I think a lot of Western powers are, are, are really in trouble. Um, what, what I'm kind of um, worried about is uh, what is actually going to happen after this crisis has, has ended because the crisis after this is going to come on really fast and hard, just like your mum. <laughs> like, hi, Suze. Uh, <laughs> You know, you know what I mean. Like this is this is not going to end very, very abruptly, um, and like we're still at conflict all over the world. Um, you know, Turkey just had had a massive offensive against Syria. Mm. You know, is that still going on? They've they've been hit really hard by this virus, um, and and Russia's doing some crazy shit with oil at the moment. And yeah. I'm, Russia like, and the Saudis, like, what the fuck is going on there? It's well. They've priced. They're just selling as much as they can, and the rest of the world is trying to hold back their production lines. Of course, like, it, and they're trying to screw with the Americans' oil production. I mean, this is, this is stuff that's going to take a, a meaningful and long time to, to kind of affect and work out. It's not like we're going to wake up after, we've found a vaccine or just you know got a vaccine for the coronavirus, COVID nineteen. Suddenly, we're going to be all happy lads again. Like. <laughs> This is nasty shit. Yeah. And, and also, we've got fucking police drones in our skies, man. Seriously? Yeah, man. They, we've got police drones that are telling us that we have to um, stand uh, 1.5 metres apart at the moment. You posted this the other day. Um, you know, these are sort of uh, like um, social distancing policies that I can see some benefits of, but I'm really worried about whether they're going to be in long-term effect and whether the social distancing legislation is going to turn into social engineering policy. You know what I mean? Yeah, fuck, dude. Like, where does that, where does that end? And do those get rolled back as soon as the crisis ends? 
Exactly. And when does the crisis end? Because if we see uh, um, another uptick in cases, then we're going to have to either re-establish these policies again or just keep them rolling. And I don't know which one's worse. And that's like, when we're getting into the existential dread of this whole thing, Nath, like that for me is the big lingering thing on the top is is trying to see an end point to this, right? Like, I... <sighs> The idea being that by social distancing and isolating ourselves, we don't give the virus the opportunity to spread. If it doesn't anywhere to spread, it dies out. And then we can vaccinate ourselves or whatever. But if we start going outside and connecting with other people again and like touching fucking doorknobs, does that mean that the virus has an opportunity to grow and spread again? And then do we like how... How many times will we have to be going in and out of isolation and lockdown? Like, is that our lives for the next period of time? And nobody seems to fucking know, you know? No, and, and nobody does seem to know. And nobody uh, nobody's putting this policy in place to understand what that endpoint is. At the moment, it's all like we have to react. And I do understand that. I mean, I'm not a politician. I don't know any of these answers. But some of these answers I feel aren't really even being thought about. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm, it's just another thing to worry about other than the fact that I might kill my entire family if I go shopping and accidentally fucking bump into somebody. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, when you put just, it like it's, that. It's just a lot, you know, it's just yeah. a heavy burden. Yeah, um, man. Fuck. I don't know, Nate. I mean, yeah, dude, it, it, I find it really hits. I've said that on this show before, but it really hits me in waves, you know? Like, sometimes yeah. I feel like I'm just rolling through, um, you know, doing my normal sort of stuff. Like, I'm making podcasts, I'm writing some shit, I'm working for a website, I'm, like, you know, doing my... playing some an absurd amount of role-playing games um, predominantly with you. And mm -hmm. then... Um, but then I sort of it hits me again that that yeah that if I went to the shops and bumped into somebody that I could get a really fucking nasty disease and worse like the idea of being a secret carrier you know like the idea of being an asymptomatic carrier of this thing is in some ways more frightening you know it ups your paranoia yeah, absolutely yeah completely and um and look I, I completely hear you and and you sometimes feel like your life hasn't changed that much my my life has changed quite a lot um you know i've lost both of my jobs and so now i'm kind of sitting at home not really knowing what to do i'm hanging out with my brother a bit um i've got multiple members in my immediate family who are immunocompromised so i'm like truly truly dreadfully f afraid for them um all of them are in lockdown so at the moment like my entire family is just locked in their houses and you know i've met my what um eight week old nieces once or twice twice maybe and i can't see them i can't cuddle them and that's it's really painful it's just a really big burden oh, man, that's fucking awful nate it really is imagine growing up in lockdown like, what? what is that? Oh, man, it's worse than knowing Wonderwall. <laughs> I really like that joke. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, Nate. Yeah, Nate, that right. sounds fucking rough and tumble. Well, pal, I mean, what have you been doing to sort of take your mind off the the existential dread pal what's been what's been working for you what have you been finding some joy in in the midst of all of this dread and chaos 
Yeah, cool. I've been doing quite a few things. Um, it's something that I, I learned to do, um, you know, when I was um, when I was living in Sydney was to try to learn a new thing every day. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be a big thing. Sometimes it can be a really little thing. Um, and you don't know where those little things that you learn are actually going to just begin a new hobby or a new experience for you. So that's just mm-hmm. a good practice to get into, I think. Give me an example um, of one of those for you, pal. What was the thing that you learned that led to a hobby? Well, I didn't know um, anything about the the like the the level of um, heat that comes from a chili. Huh. Yeah. How do you mean? And so I did a little bit of research on it, and I understood that different chilies are hotter than each other. Um, they're tested and um, measured in what they call Scoville units, okay. uh, which is about how hot it is to in regards to water and all this sort of nonsense. Was Mr. Scoville a very, very sexy boy or lady he, um, he, who they yeah. graded all the heat against, surely because of the heat coming off him, her, That them? is exactly what happened, Patty. And, <laughs> and from the sexiness of Mr. and Mrs. Scoville, um, uh-huh. you know, I have now learnt that, like, some chilies are ridiculously hot and that's become a massive hobby of mine. I've got a big chilli garden out the back with Carolina Reapers, habaneros and ghost peppers. It's crazy. Now, mate, I saw your Instagram the other day. Did those, did those, um, have you caught the caterpillars? Have you sorted them out? Is your new right, hobby yes. annihilation of caterpillars? <laughs> so, yeah, no, um, there were these little, um, I think they're called white aphids, sorry, aphids that mm-hmm. were sitting on the leaves and they were eating my leaves. Uh, um, not aphids, I was mate. very upset about. Oh, man, they were awful. Um, there's a simple solution. They call it white oil, where you just oh. get some castor oil, a little bit of detergent and water, and just spray and, like, um, and coat the leaf in that and then scrape them off and that's easy fucking fixed. And now they're growing like gangbusters again, man. You should see my reapers. They're insane. <laughs> you know, Nathan, this, oh man, for our listeners, uh, this one time I went around to Nathan's place. He was like, dude, we'll, we'll just sit around. We'll drink, we'll drink whiskey and we'll play video games and I'll make wings. I was like, fantastic. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's that's a series of things I really enjoy. And then, Nathan, what did you actually put in those wings that, that melted my face? <laughs> okay, so that wasn't my fault. Um, that's a lot. What happened was, <laughs> it was I was growing some butch tea scorpions at the time, which are about um, anywhere from 1.2 million to 1.6 million Scoville units. Mm-hmm. Um, for reference, a, um, a jalapeno is about 3,000 Scoville <laughs> units. Oh, my God. So, so we're talking a very, very fucking hot chili. Um, and, yeah, so I was growing those. I put some of them in the um, in the wings, cooked them up, and then put a, um, a sauce that I had prepared as well on top of that. And, yeah, burned Patty's face off. It was a really good time. <laughs> My face was burning so much that I started to get a tingling sensation, like 10,000 fingers tapping on my temples that went from my temples right down to the corner of my chin. It was like... Yeah, yeah. It was wild, mate. Yeah, it is really wild. It um, it really opens up your capillaries. It gets your fight or fight reflexes going on, which is the toxic of um, capacin. Keep in mind, the um, you know, the pepper spray that the coppers use? Yeah. Yeah, that's about 2 million to 3 million Scoville units. So we ate half pepper spray is what you're telling So we had a half a pepper spray, yeah. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Okay, so you're growing some chilies. You're learning some yeah. stuff about chilies. That's going well. That sounds like a positive And I'm experience. going on motorcycle rides, which is really good as well. Oh, um, great. Just, what? yeah, just being able to shake off. Although I got stung by a bee yesterday. What? Yeah, man. Went for a ride, stung by a bee, flew into my neck. Dude, I don't love that. Oh, well. 
<laughs> did you um, did you get an ice pack on there? Did you did you get some first aid happening? Well, I was going on the freeway at 100 kilometres an hour. <laughs> I didn't really exactly stop there, mate. <laughs> but thank you for the first aid advice. Mate. You're so really welcome anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Helpful first aid advice is my whole shit. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, great, Nath. Uh, do you just want to tell the bike heads out there what you're riding real quick? Because I'm sure there'd be people who'd be interested in that bullshit. Yeah, sure. So I'm still on my lambs. Um, so I'm riding a Yamaha V-Star 650. Um, it's a it, it's an older s- style of bike. It's a, it's a cruiser. It's got floorboards. Uh, she's got um, a saddlebags. Yeah, she's, she's a very sexy bike. I have a lot of fun on her. Well, man, that sounds like a nice combo outside of the bee stings in the neck, which we can <laughs> completely write off as 100% the worst. Yeah, um, that was a bit shit. And what else, man? What else has been like uh, giving, you, giving you a bit of life? What have you been finding some joy in in these trying times? Well, I mean, one of the good things about where I'm at at the moment is I get to make a Kalyan happy. Ah. So I think that that's something that is, you know, um, is is – both difficult and very rewarding, um, making one's partner happy. Uh, Kalyan being your beautiful wife, who is a delightful human. I might even get her on this podcast at some point. Continue on. Mm. What have you been doing for the um, Kalyan, though? <laughs> well, see, I fucked up today, though. What did you um, do? <laughs> well, you see, <laughs> um, what happened? So, okay, uh, months and months ago, we were trying to get to the movies um, to go and see Star Wars together. Right. Um, this is before COVID. Um, so we want to see it, we, but we couldn't find the time. Like it never just came about that we had an opportunity to go and it went on a couple of weeks and a couple of weeks more. And and then my brother calls me up one day and he's like, oh, bro, do you want to go see Star Wars? I was like, fuck yeah, I want to see Star Wars. Oh, no, so I, Nathan. I went with my brother and I'm oh, like, okay, no. I, can't, I can't tell my wife that I just went and saw Star Wars. It's going to break a little heart. So I won't tell her. And then as soon as I got home, I just gave her a cuddle. I'm oh, sorry, I'm sorry. I went and saw Star Wars. Oh, I'm so sorry. Man, she didn't speak to me for about a week and a half. Roughly <laughs> so. It was really, really brutal. So then today I'm like going around on my bike and I see JB Hi-Fi and I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? <laughs> I'm going to go and get her the Blu-ray because that's a really sweet thing. That'll, that'll make her Carly Ann happy. Yeah. Um, and so I walk into JB Hi-Fi and like there's now 265,000 different Star Wars films. Like, and mm. I, like, and I have to stand 16 metres away from everybody and I'm now not allowed to use any of the cash that I have. I have to use card and I'm getting sprayed and people are coming up with me with, like, um, temperature gauges and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm 36.5. Does that mean I'm sick? I'm just confused. And I just grabbed the one that oh, I thought no. was the last one oh, because no, it's no. called The Last Jedi. Why would you call the film that's not the last one the last one? That's dumb. <laughs> That's dumb. <laughs> the Force Awakens is a good start to a trilogy. The Last Jedi is the last film. You're not wrong, Nate. You're not wrong. <laughs> so I got home and I figured out that we've already got the fucking Blu-ray. And now I can't take it back because I'm terrified of going to JB Hi-Fi again. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I take it that this whole effort to restore relations with your wife went down like a sack of shit. Yeah. Did she at least appreciate the effort? Was there any respect oh, yeah. of the effort? Oh no. Oh, she 
she just thinks I'm a fucking idiot. And that's fair enough because I do do some pretty stupid things every now and again. But, you know, appreciating the effort is wonderful. She's got a wonderful job of trying to make me happy as well, and that's quite a burden. So Yeah, yeah, we'll give her a red-hot break there. I do yeah, find yeah. that very funny. <laughs> <laughs> so people were fucking spraying you as you walked into JB Hi-Fi? Uh, no, people just have, like, um, um, sterilised sprays everywhere. Um, you know, the, the bottle shop, it particularly, uh, which I have to go to once a day now, um, they, yeah, they give you some sanitising sprays. You go in. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of everywhere. And it's good, and I really appreciate it because the levels in um, WA are coming down quite considerably. Yeah, you guys are doing a really so, great job over there. Um, yeah. Did you say, sorry, we're back on politics. I'll come back to, to helpful things to do in Corona real soon. But did you see Mark McGowan's <laughs> press conference about the... Um, about the, the, the runner with a kebab? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that was so good. The the interpreter and the gentleman with the fabulous beard in the background, just they just lost it. I watched it about seven times just to make myself so happy. There's nothing wrong with... There's, no, there's nothing wrong with going for a run. There's nothing wrong with going for a run and having a kebab. <laughs> We're not making it illegal to go for a run and getting a kebab, although it's a pretty stupid thing going for a run and getting a kebab. Like, it's like, do one or the other, bro. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you got to love that guy. you got to love that guy who's just like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get into some fitness. <laughs> I'm gonna get, and it's, I know it's corona, but I'm going to get into some fitness. I'm going to go for a jog. And he jogs and he goes, oh, I, will, I might just grab a cheeky bloody Donna, though. I might just hey, look, we've, we've all been there. We know exactly what it's like. I might just and grab a quick mix meat, you know, just get, in, yeah, get a snack yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the trick is, as PTs, if you ever have to get a kebab during the middle of your day, make sure you don't get fucking onions into it because onion breath as a PT session is not a good thing. Not at all. I and mean, speaking of that, Nate, how are you staying fit, man? You, you're a PT for a really long time, still a registered PT, I, I think. Are you a registered PT still? Uh, no, not at the moment. Um, I, took, I took a little bit of a break of that as uh, when I got back to Perth yeah. um, for some personal reasons. Um, but, like, yeah, man, so I'm, I am really still keeping fit. I'm, I do adore the gym, and I'm very sad that they've closed. I wasn't going to the gym uh, for quite a few weeks before they even closed because I knew this was going to be an issue. Um, and so, yeah, at the moment, I'm just trying to make sure that I'm doing my bit. It's not so much for my body. It's much more for my mind. Yeah, um, for sure. I know that I get anxious and I get a bit depressed and I get really down if I'm not doing something that's giving me a little bit of an endorphin boost. Yeah. So it's very, very simple. I run with my dog. <laughs> now, when I say I run with my dog, <laughs> he sits in the shade and eats a ball while I run around the oval. He gives me yips every now and again, like a little cheer squad, but that's the extent of Dresden's help. <laughs> he is renowned for being a very helpful boy, uh, Dresden. <laughs> is everything everybody says about him. Um, so you're just running, man. Are you uh, following any YouTube people? Would you recommend any YouTube people for the fitnesses? Like, is there anything of your deep base of knowledge you throw to humans that could be handy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, a, a lot of studios around at the moment are doing a lot of online stuff. So um, get in touch with any um, any dance studios, any ballet studios, anybody that's doing that sort of stuff. There's a whole bunch of online content. Um, Chris Hemsworth's content is fantastic. For real? Um, so, yeah, man. Chris Hemsworth is a boss. Um, his um, personal trainer, I think his name is... Um, 
Zocco. Um, sorry, very, very sorry, gentlemen. Um, I can't remember your name. Um, but he's he's a wonderful man and, yeah, really, really wonderful ideas on his Instagram. Yeah, right. Um, and there is a beautiful Canadian gentleman that I follow named Jeff Nippard. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's absolutely magic. He's doing a big um, at-home series at the moment on, on YouTube. Great. And with Chris Hemsworth's guy, if I follow him for a while, will I get to be Thor? Um, no. Um, <laughs> do you know? Do you know why, Patty? And why I've been telling that? you this for a lot. You've got to stop drinking the beers. You've uh, got to get into your gins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, though, Nate, that I really love beer. Is is my big issue. Um, this is the big <laughs> issue. People are talking about it. People keep coming up to me and they're like, Patty. Mate, uh, we're worried that you love the beers too much. And to them, I say, uh, you can't stop the music. What I can say to you, though, Nate, is that this morning, I, um, I've decided the best thing that works for me, and this might work for other people too, is that I need to go and exercise before my body knows what's happening. If, 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 I, allow, cool, cool, cool. if I allow myself time to like realize it's daytime and realize that I could go and have a coffee and a sit down and some eggs, I will do that. And the next thing I know, it's 3 p.m. And I'm like, well, maybe I should just crack a brew. Yeah. So yeah, that's exactly the case that I'm going through at the moment as right? well, which is why you think you're doing what I'm doing, which is fasted runs in the morning. Right. Go yeah. and run in the morning. So this morning I got up and I ran for a run. Ran, I went for a run. I went for a run for two Ks with my delightful house, housemate, Tom. Oh, beautiful. Tom is a very, very good runner. He's ex-military. He can run for years. I don't think he even worked up a sweat in the two kilometers that we ran. I hate that guy. I hate that guy. I hate that guy. And the worst thing is he's such a bloody great bloke. Um, and he was really kind oh, to me. Oh, I hate him even more I now. Know. I haven't met Tom, have I? Uh, I don't know if you have, actually. I don't um, think I have. But he's, good, I can hate him. He's <laughs> a really fucking lovely guy, and he talked to me the whole way, and he was just, like, being really supportive as well while I was running. While oh, you're dying. I remember that beach run that we went on over um, New Year's, oh, man. You were about mate. vomiting. It was wonderful. Yeah, I nearly <laughs> died on that, too. That was the worst. I was in a pretty nearly a similar state today. Um, yeah. of just utter discomfort. But I know, Nate, that with alcohol consumption on the rise, the exercise has to be up too. Otherwise, we're going to come out of this corona situation in a, in a bad way. That's how I'm feeling. Yeah, I'm feeling you. But, like, I'm, I'm trying to take a, a little bit of an aesthetic worry later issue. Sure. So, I, like, I don't need to have a six-pack right now. No. And it's no, ridiculous to try to think that that's necessary. What is necessary is that I need to keep my brain moving with endorphins um, mm. through exercise. And and that's all. I'm not pushing myself. I'm not trying to break any records. I'm just ticking away at that so I can tick away for the rest of my day. Yeah, dude. I think that's a really great philosophy to have. I think that's, that's the way to go about it, Nath, for sure. And, mate, I know you've been playing a couple of video games and I think you've got some booze recommendations as well. And I wondered if you had uh, some thoughts about that you could drop on the humans that may be listening to this pod. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I I do play a lot of video games um, and I I thought, you know, just having a bit of a think about what I was going to talk about here, um, I don't really want to spruik all of the, the big names. You know, I could talk about Borderlands 3, but then... The executive producer is a bit of a dick. You know, everybody knows that Skyrim can be played on a fridge, so you know, what's the point of talking about it? 
Um, what I really wanted to do is talk about some of the few games that I've been enjoying. They're a little bit, a little bit below the mark, and um, maybe that somebody has looked over. And potentially, they're a lot cheaper than some of the AAA games that are rocking around at the moment as well. Okay, hit me. But also, <laughs> one more thing. <laughs> one more thing um, I, I noticed in your first um, episode that you guys were talking about Uplit and how it, um, how you know reading uplifting things is really the way to go at the moment. Mm -hmm. I'm going to revert that because <laughs> uplift is bullshit. And uh, we're now in the apocalypse. Let's fucking lean heavy into it. Let's, let's get it done. You know what I mean? So, so I thought the first game that I'd um, recommend is DayZ. Okay. Because, because rock and roll. So if anybody doesn't know about DayZ, um, it was developed as a mod, uh, an Armour 2 mod by a, a New Zealand gentleman named Dean Hall, mm -hmm. uh, cool guy. And he, um, uh, he developed this game where you wake up on the beach with nothing but a T-shirt and a pair of jeans, and you have to run to the nearest town um, to start looting. And you've got to kind of pick up some flour and some eggs, and then you have to pick up um, an axe and you have all this stuff and then you need a new backpack and then maybe you get a hoodie and you need clothes because if you don't have enough clothes then you get hypothermia and die. Uh, you need some guns and some melee weapons to kill the zombies who are coming at you and trying to bite your face off. You need bandages in case you do get bitten. There's, there's a lot of different ways to die in this game and it's very, very lonely. But the... <laughs> But so what you're saying the, is lean in, Nate. Lean in. Lean in. But the most terrifying thing about Daisy is actually the other players in the game because it is a multiplayer game. What? But if you see another human, another player character in game, you've got two choices: either fucking run or shoot them as fast as you can, um, because they will kill you every time. And it's terrifying. You can play, and it's a permadeath game. So once you die, you wake up on the beach with nothing but a t-shirt. So you can play. Oh. This game for like eight hours and then you randomly running along a road and you get sniped from nowhere and that's the end of your game you have Oof. to wake up at the beach it's brutally oh fun and God. truly terrifying no it sounds horrific it's great it's just like going to the shopping center at the moment actually it's just like my fucking jb hi-fi experience today man <laughs> Art imitating life, Nate. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but I would recommend, um, in terms of booze, if you're going to play Daisy, um, then you definitely have to drink vodka. It's very important. And it has to be a hard spirit as well because it's so tense. You're so sweaty. Um, you don't actually drink very often. And when you do have a drink, because you're terrified, you just won a big zombie battle, or you actually shot another human, you have to take a big gulp of it. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's also set in Eastern Europe, so you Is have it? to drink the vodka. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 that tracks. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. yeah I'm with you. Um, yeah, listen, man, any particular vodkas are rocking your world, Nate? I mean, all vodka takes the same to me. Am I in that Oh, no, that's not, that's not true at all. Okay, no. Seriously, that's a no. <laughs> Patrick. Nathan. Grey, Grey Goose is awful. It's awful. Oh, really? Yeah, the French do not know how to do anything, let alone how to make vodka. <laughs> what about Les Mis, Nathan? Go... What about Les Mis? <laughs> oh, I hate Les Mis. Yuck. <laughs> the French. <laughs> okay, so the French are out. Sack of... Yeah, the French are out. Even the Belgians invented croissants, man. Oh, really? 
I don't know. I'm making that shit. Oh, I mean, I'm prepared to roll with that. I'm sure we'll get called out somewhere. <laughs> um, so, so you're going for that good old-fashioned Russian vodka, I take it. Uh, Russian vodka, um, Russia, Russia, uh, Russian vodka, um, Polish vodka is a really good way to go about it. Belvedere is obviously a very expensive one to go, um, but it's clearly the best. With vodka, you want to have an oily mouthfeel. You don't necessarily want to have a lot of taste. Huh. Um, yeah, so you don't want to be – if you're tasting things like French, then it's bad vodka. Um, you know what? Russian Standard is a really, really good and underrated vodka. Um, so is Polyakov. Polyakov's a good one as well. Yeah, right. An oily mouthfeel knife. Is that why you want yeah, to go man. for like – is that why they traditionally drink – they have the caviar with it? Is that the, the jam there? You're exactly right. Huh. Hey, listen, I just learned something on this podcast. Mate. Hey! hey. Learn, learn a new thing every day. Brother. That's right. That's right. All right, great. So, Daisy and vodka, and good old-fashioned Russian vodka, none of this French bullshit. Fantastic. Sign me up for that. <laughs> um, I don't know that I can deal with the trauma of Daisy right now, but I really like where your head's at. What else you well, got? Well, then we can move on to this. my second recommendation when it comes to games because, you know, <laughs> when you're living in a harmonious home, um, which is <laughs> which is um, ideal for, um, you know, a quarantine scenario where you have open lines of communication with your partner or loved one or housemate. And she has who- all of the Star Wars that she desires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Then, then what you want to do is subject your relationship to the trauma that is overcooked too. What is overcooked too? I'm glad you asked me that question, Patty. I really am because I'm about to talk about it. So you've got, <laughs> so you've got these crazy little two characters. This is um, on the PlayStation that we have it, um, and you've got a. It's a top-down view, and you've got these two chefs, and the, you control one of them, and your partner control whoever controls the other one. Uh huh. Yeah, and uh, your objective is to make food. And so you'll have an order that comes up. For example, it'll say, okay, we need some salmon sushi. And so you've got to get the the nori roll, then you've got to get the rice, you've got to cook the rice, bring it back, put it on top of the nori roll, and then get some salmon, chop it up, put it inside the nori roll, roll it all into one, and then serve it on the pass. Beautiful. So obviously you're missing hospitality, Nathan. You desperately want to get back there and this is your way of recapturing that? Yeah, just a little bit. That's that's exactly how it goes as well. <laughs> but the, the thing is that this is actually an incredibly fast-paced game with a lot of teamwork involved. It starts off really simple like that, making a fucking nori roll. Um, but then suddenly you're making like pancakes and cakes and burgers and, and dumplings okay. and you've got to have – you're running multiple different sides of the kitchen so you can't actually get access to any of that ingredient so you have to talk to the person next to you like can you please throw me a sausage i need the sausage now dude where the fuck did you put the pan why is the pan near the path that's a crazy place to put the pan can you please do some dishes you never do the dishes (laughs) (laughs) so really helps you grow in your relationship really (laughs) (laughs) opens up a lot of doors yeah great the perfect quarantine game, I think. <laughs> and what are you it's, drinking it's, with that, Dave? Well, drinking with that, I'm, I'm going for something a little bit calming and soothing, like a, sure. like an alcoholic ginger beer or a cider. Oh. Yeah, something that you can sip on, something, because you know how ginger beers have that kind of like that cinnamon aspect to it way mm-hmm. and just kind of chill into it. It's a little bit heartwarming. Yeah, um, that's the sort of thing that you need to kind of relax so that you can have a fucking moment away from your partner. 
<laughs> the asshole keeps on buying me the wrong fucking Star Wars films. <laughs> it's great you're still married, pal. I think you're doing a great job over there. <laughs> well, I try hard. Yeah, yeah, you're fighting the good fight. Um, that actually does sound fun, though, Nate. I could totally get in for that. And I think there's a lot yeah, of couples who are like stuck in ISO together at the moment that could that could go for getting that sort of action for sure. And it's really, really cute. Um, it's really cartoony. Your characters are like fish and mermaids. And my character is a little, a little pirate chick. She's wonderful. She's got one eye. It's great. Rad. That'd be dangerous for chopping, but I like where her head's at. Yeah, man. I like it. Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent, Nathan. Do you have a third to round out this triumvirate? Yeah, well, I do. And and the third one, of course, I mean, look, we've got to talk about Civ 6, dude. We've got to talk about Civ 6. We've got to talk about Civ I 6. I mean, look, in terms of time sync, I mean, I've got a lot of time to sit here in front of this massive, gorgeous PC that I've handcrafted and love eternally. And, like, <laughs> why not spend all of that time that I just wasted heaps of money on a brand-new CPU smashing out a five-year-old game? Civ 6 is wonderful um, you start with a settler and a and a um and a warrior mm. and you have to build an empire you've got to choose which civilization you want to start with whether it's australia or germany or indonesia and each country gets their own little bonuses um and you yeah you have to start that process of building that civilization in 4000 bc and go right through to what like 2020 like 20 2200 ad something like that exactly yeah and and i think it's the perfect covid19 game as well because mm. you could potentially be covid19 and then take over the entire world and just nuke it to death like gandhi <laughs> There's a great mechanic in Civ, ladies and gentlemen, if you've never played it. So in the first game, the Civ 1 came out in like the 80s, I think. It was a really old game. Um, and in the first game, Gandhi was one of the world leaders you could play for India. Very, very peaceful, never went to war with anybody until they got nukes in the game. And it was actually a bug in the code um, that meant that when Gandhi got hold of nukes, he fucking nuked everyone. And it was yes. So, so what what happened? It was it was really funny. They um, his aggression was set to zero, ah, but, right, right. <laughs> right. And then when he um, he got a, a like a nationalism perk or something in the in the new world in in modern era, instead of going to negative one, which was one of the perks of getting this thing, he went to ninety nine thousand. <laughs> In aggression, so it just flipped it. He he basically had the Y two K bug. Yeah, 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 and just nuked <laughs> everything. So you go from just being like mates with Gandhi, just having him just come around for some biscuits, to him just laying nuclear holocaust down across the entire map. It was very, very, very good stuff. Um, really, really good stuff. And they've actually continued that with Gandhi. Um, so the the developers thought that that was so much fun that they, um, they, they put that in subsequent games, which I thought was great. I mean, that's the Netflix series I'd like to watch, Nath. The fictional version of Gandhi being a sort of everlasting leader, <laughs> where at some point he just turns into just being, has a real like Walter White Heisenberg turn, you know, goes from being a real peaceful, peace-loving guy to just, just arming up. Speaking of the Indians, man, um, did you hear that India took uh, 20,000 trains off tracks today and have turned them into hospital beds? Really? Yeah, man. That is buck wild. That is insane, right? Sorry to bring it back down again. No, no, not at all. COVID-19. That's insane, Nathan. I don't even know how to comprehend that information. 
I'll send you a link. Yeah, do. Um, but yeah. Um, what are you drinking with Civ, Nate? Well, you see, Civ is a very long game. Um, mm. so I, I like to play it on Epic or Marathon speeds. Um, so I, I definitely think it's a, a beer-based game because you are drinking a lot. In the, It's a turn-based game, um, sure. turn-based strategy. So after every turn, you're having a sip. So if you're going for <laughs> some hard spirits, you're going to get really drunk real quick, yeah. and then it's going to turn into like a game between you and I. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the very end. I just get sick of you and I start bombing Australia with giant death robots. (laughs) I was so upset about that. That would have been the first time I would have won any game with you or myself or a couple of our other friends. And you just nuked me, Nath. You just nuked me into the Stone Age. You fully Gandhied me. Yeah. Uh, It was really a tough time. Um, Mate, can I give you one? Uh, I've been thinking about this too. Um, Yeah, I've been playing a game called Surviving Mars. Which is yeah fun, right? It's it's basically you go and you build a colony on Mars, and you've got to make sure your colonists have air and food and water, and um, you got to research stuff to make living easier and bring people over, mine resources, all of that sort of action. Um, but given that you're on Mars and you're kind of rocking that sci-fi vibe, I've been drinking a whiskey uh, on the rocks and, or neat. And, um, and playing some Surviving Mars and just surviving that cold Martian climate uh, with a nice uh, glass of the Glenlivet has been doing me a, a real world of favours. Man, that sounds really, really relaxing. Man. Yeah, it, it's fucking chill, Nath. Like cool. basically nothing bad happens in this thing. You just sit there and you slowly build. You get the occasional like meteor storm, but it's mainly a maintenance problem rather than a ex- existential problem, uh, which is kind well, of well, I'm I glad you're enjoying it, man, but it is completely against my theme, which is... <laughs> Apocalypse, bro. We got a train, dude. Come on, my wife's watching The Handmaid's Fucking Tale at the moment. My brother's watching The Fucking The Walking Dead, and you want to make a little surviving colony on Mars? Yes. Come on. It's called escapism, Nathan. Read a book. <laughs> Jesus. Um, speaking of books, did you have some uh, apocalyptic book recommendations? We might just have to quickly chuck him in here. It's, we're running out of time, but throw them at me, Nate. Yeah, sure. Um, so, oh, man, you're throwing this at me. What is the book called? God damn it. Um, it is, you know, Rachel Meadow? I do know Rachel Meadow, um, the MSNBC um, she, host. Yes. She, recent, she put a book out last year um, called Blowout, uh, which I would highly recommend to anybody who is interested in um, – uh, you know, um, geopolitics, really. It's basically about Russia and America and how the um, Russia's economy is completely owned by um, by oil and gas only and how they are manipulating the world to, um, to sell oil and gas. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's a really, really appropriate thing to kind of understand right now. Uh, Rachel Meadow is a wonderful wonderful um storyteller um i watch her shows daily and i would recommend anybody to watch her shows daily and also read blowout great recommendation Nath. i thought you were going to come straight at me with cormac mccarthy's the road and just say just- oh man that's what i was going to say too you should also watch the road Sorry, read The Road, don't watch it. The Road is magic. I stole it from a friend of mine. Um, I'm never giving it back because I love it too much. I reread it every time. I've got that on my rotating. I've got George Orwell's 1984. I've got the Robin Hobbs Assassin's series. And I've got... And that's what I'm doing with my life. <laughs> you know, um, mate, one of the things I loved about your wedding 
was that um, you had a playlist, which I think was about five to six hours long by the time the wedding happened, of breakup songs for your wedding. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, back it up. It was 48 hours long. <laughs> right? <laughs> we, I, we had a weekend wedding and I've <laughs> and I made a playlist that was 48 hours long of breakup songs. It was magic. It was really good, actually. It was truly, truly wonderful. It was truly wonderful. And I kind of feel that this... This whole vibe of yours of leaning into the apocalypse has a bit of a similar vibe, you know. It feels. Hey, look, you've you've, you've got to be true to yourself, man. You've got to be true to yourself, man. You've got to be fucking true to yourself. If nothing else, you're absolutely right there, um, pal. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks so much for your time. It was really, really nice to chat to you. And um, we got games to play tonight, so I'm going to speak to you in another couple of hours. But um, thanks oh, so of much course, for being on the course. show, dude. No worries, man. I hope you got some content out of it. Um, got some content. Are you kidding me? This is gold, Nathan. Gold. Gold okay. top to toe, pal. Sacks uh, on a stick, baby. I'm going to hit some more wine. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much, Nathan. Speak to you soon, pal. All right. Bye, Tim. Cheers, man. Bye. Big thanks to Nathan Hitchens for his awesome recommendations. Uh, a couple there that probably aren't going to be a good thing for everybody and probably could be exactly what you need. So <laughs> find the right one that works for you, folks. Thanks to Nathan for his time and his effort. And it was just lovely to speak to him, really. Let's do some credits. Uh, intro music was It's the End of the World As We Know It and I Feel Fine by R.E.M. off the best of the IRS years. That's 2006 Capitol Records. Background music, this lovely jam, is Local Forecast by Kevin McLeod off his album Groovy in 2016. Check out his royalty-free music at incompetech.com. Additional music this episode was Wonderwall off What's the Story Morning Glory by Oasis 1995 Ignition Records. Can't Stop the Music by The Village People off the Can't Stop the Music original soundtrack 1980 UMG. Finally, Do You Hear the People Sing from Les Mis Movie 2012, that's Universal. Because I didn't manage to squeeze in the layers in the last ep, I got some in today, folks. You can find us on Facebook at the Isocast, all one word, on Twitter at ISO underscore cast, and on Spotify, Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple. Please, folks, like, rate, review, subscribe. If you could just pull your phone out right now and hit that five-star button on whenever you're listening to this podcast on, it would really do me a solid. If I can get this thing up and running, I might be able to make a few bucks um, by doing something that I really like and I think is actually helping people. So, yeah, you'd be helping little old me, folks, survive in this isolation time, and I'd, I'd really appreciate that. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back on Thursday with another episode with more great advice for things to do in isolation. And until then, wash your hands and don't touch your face. All right, folks. See you later.